Welcome to another episode of Tatum Talks with Calvin Tatum and myself, Ian Brannan. And the idea of this one is to look back on the AGM as British Speedway gears up for the 2024 season and the changes and how the leagues and the teams are starting to look. We haven't got much information in this about the individual signings other than uh, that of of Sheffield, really, at the time of recording this. Uh, But... uh, Plenty to discuss, nonetheless. And uh, Kelvin, first of all, the big news uh, is, of course, the, uh, the the two new additions to the Sports Insure Premiership. We know all about what's happened with Wolves and Peterborough. Sad situation, um, of course, it is, and maybe we'll touch on that later. But uh, two new clubs coming in to take their place, which means we have a seven-team Premiership once again with um, Birmingham coming in and also Oxford moving up to the top level as well. Um, interestingly, it's not going to be the Cheetahs, it's going to be the Oxford Spires, which I don't know, I think maybe you know, it's brave to go in with, with a new name. I think many would have uh, thought the Cheetahs would be the natural choice to, to take their uh, place back, but um, uh, the Spires will lead this, this new era going into the Premiership in 2024. Uh- you're dead right, you know, and the, the Cheetahs yeah, were a side that I rode against back in the day when I was riding for the Coventry Bees, and they were always a terrific outfit, you know, led by riders like Hans Nielsen, Simon Wig, you had Marvin Cox there, Andy Graham, um, and in the mid-80s, they were the team to beat. Um, it's a great shame, in really, that, that the stadium just sat there for 15 years and Speedway wasn't able to take place, but... They've had a couple of seasons back now running in a championship and they it's been a success. Talking to Scotty Nichols, who loves riding there, says it's been a great place to ride. The stadium's been has had a lick of paint and they've given it an upgrade. And it was always a nice stadium anyway. So I think it's a great addition to the Premiership. Birmingham have been a bit in and out. They've been a bit of a yo-yo sort of team. They've had periods of time when they've been at the top table and then fallen away again. But clearly there, there's ambition there. Um, I think it's terrific that it replaces. Um, it's not a lot of, uh, it's not, it, obviously Wolverhampton have gone. So maybe some of the Wolves fans will drift over to watch Birmingham. You know, it will be difficult for them because obviously their allegiances, the died in the wall. Wolves fans will find it tough. But there is an outlet fairly close by for them to go and watch their speedway. So yeah, I'm chuffed to bits to see that, that we've got seven teams. It would have been desperate if we'd only had five or six. You know, seven is just gives it enough variety, really. And there's certainly going to be a variety of speedway at Oxford um, because they're running three teams. They're, they're running in the Premiership and the Championship, but also the National League as well. I think some of the meetings are likely to be doubled up potentially as well. Um, we don't know who's going to be signing for them yet, but they are being linked with some you know, decent names. Uh, and speaking of names, changing name or introducing a new name as well, the Spires coming in. Um, are you surprised that it's, it's not the Cheetahs? Uh, I'm not that excited about that. Um, I think that uh, Oxford Cheetahs would have been better, I think, for the Premiership team. But time will tell if that is uh, what works or not. I remember when uh, John Postlethwaite came in and took over the Reading Racers and renamed them the Reading Bulldogs. In truth, that went down like a lead balloon. Um, It is a very tricky thing to rename an established team. And the Oxford Spires... I think that would have been more appropriate for the third tier uh, of of the uh, the outfit. 
I think it's extraordinarily brave. I mean, I do hope they're successful to run three teams. Um, they obviously feel that they've got the public to support them. They must do, because um, I know that they've upped the point limit in the top six to 40 points in the, uh, the Premiership. But in truth, um, I just hope they don't dilute the, cloud, uh, the crowd, because I'm sure there will be a lot of interest initially for people to watch Premiership Speedway, particularly with some of the big names that are being signed. That puts bums on seats, there's no doubt about that. People like Wolfenden, Sifutinov Doyle, Bewley, Frick. Um, there's talk of Janowski coming back to the league. Um, they put people, the turnstiles roll because of those guys. So um, let's hope it doesn't then decimate the crowd for the championship side. I hope that isn't the case. Birmingham making the move up as well. It had been rumoured and, and discussed quite a while ago, really, that this was on the cards, largely due to the fact that they were left with Monday night to race on. They don't really have a choice. Uh, and so Monday night it is, and so therefore they've they've got to make it work. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they sign. They are being linked to one or two fairly handy-looking riders. They've already signed Tom Brennan at the time of recording this. Um, but on a Wednesday night, you know, their crowds have not been the strongest. They need to make this work now at the top level and, and get some decent crowds back into to Perry Bar, really, to uh, to make this a success. Uh, they do indeed. You're absolutely right, Ian. And I would say that when you look at the championship teams, that they would not be one of the first teams that you would expect to, to, to make that step up into the premiership. You know, the obvious two would be Glasgow or Poole. Um, and neither of those teams are inclined to come up at this moment in time. Uh, Oxford, uh, there was a lot of talk about it coming up for 23. That didn't happen. Um, they're coming in in 24, which is great. But Birmingham, yes, it, I, I feel that in the past they have struggled for crowds there. So there must be, you're right, I, I agree with you. I think that there will be a big emphasis to, to sign riders like Sam Masters, maybe, Rory Schlein, possibly. Um, God, their team has gone completely out of my head, but maybe the young lad Cook. Um, but there's no doubt that that would help if they had two or three Wolves riders. And as you rightly say, fans that uh, follow a rider rather than a team, they will go over there because they're going to need everybody they can coming through the turnstiles there. So I wish them all the best. And as I say, from the Premiership's point of view, I think it's good. And I also think just before we move on to other points, I just think there was suggestion that there might be one league. But one league just can't really work in modern speedway now. There just aren't enough riders. There just aren't enough riders. So many riders doubling up. So um, we've got two leagues and there are one or two other changes that we'll discuss. But um, desperately disappointed to lose Wolves and Peterborough, two teams with rich history. When you think about it, Ian... Peterborough only won the league two years ago. You know, that was with Dad's army. You know, and now that and now they no longer exist. That, that that is desperate. So it was um very important that they were able to be replaced and that, and they have been so, so that's good news. Let's talk about Leicester. They're gonna race on into the twenty twenty four season under new ownership with a deal completed with Paul Cairns. 
to take over the Pidcock Motorcycles Arena and uh, the side there, with the Bates family putting the club up for sale last summer. Now, Paul Cairns is the dad of William Cairns, who's one of the upcoming talents in British Speedway, and uh, an exciting one as well. I don't know if people have seen him race, but he's been working with Greg Hancock and spent some time uh, elsewhere as well around Europe and getting many, many meetings in, and certainly one of the hot talents in the next few years. So certainly there you can see a family who are truly invested in Speedway, and um, and I'm, I'm predicting that perhaps William Cairns one day might ride for Leicester. Yes, his son has been here, there and everywhere. Spent uh, time with Greg Hancock, as you rightly say, out in America last winter. He's been riding all over Europe, gaining valuable experience. So clearly there's a tremendous amount of enthusiasm and um, drive behind young William to, to make it to the top table in Speedway. And clearly, Paul Cairns, the father... Um, has the funds and the wherewithal and the interest to actually go beyond that and actually own and run a speedway club as well. And Leicester, you know, had a uh, a bit of a roller coaster of a season last year, but nonetheless, Leicester is is rapidly becoming a really good venue. They've made improvements to the track. The surface race surface last year was much better than I've seen it in previous seasons. And uh, let's hope that Mr. Cairns can continue on because. Um, there's no doubt that Leicester, well, they got, you know, if they, they were, they were so close to making the playoffs. I mean, they couldn't really get any closer and not not make it. So, um, it was, uh, I'm sure they're looking to build on that. And I get the feeling that Mr. Cairns is going to be a pretty ambitious owner. Successful businessman with a good knowledge of Speedway. It's it's a good mix, isn't it? And we've seen, you know, clubs like Poole and Glasgow, you know, people who know know a bit about Speedway and, and know a bit about running a business. It can uh, it can be a, a, a heady mix. And Leicester, you know, they were having a good season up to that certain point where the changes were made. We were talking at the start of the season, how would they go? Um, obviously, their first time out in the Premiership wasn't necessarily the, the, the best experience that the, the fans there had ever had, but far from it, and, and they were very competitive. Yeah, I, 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 as I say, they put together a really good, solid-looking team last year. They got off to a... Well, a, a, we were actually there. They'd been, they'd been on that fabulous run of eight meetings unbeaten, and then they got beaten by the Witches, and they kind of lost their way after that. And I think that's well documented. Everybody knows what happened subsequently. But there's no doubt that if Mr. Cairns comes in, Paul comes in and does a great job. Uh, Max Frick did a pretty good job from last year. Um, It seems that a lot of these teams are going to be looking to have two real big hitters in each team. We saw um, how well it worked for Ipswich. Um, There's no doubt that uh, Sheffield have already announced their team and they've got um, a very attractive lineup straight away. I must say they've they've moved very quickly to um, um, sort of uh, announce their one to seven. So fair play to them. I, I wouldn't think that it will be too much longer before we see more teams being actually announced. And it's it's quite amazing to me how you know attitudes change, Ian, because it wasn't so, so long ago where. Riders were really loath to come back to the UK. It was sort of the place you just desperately shouldn't ride. I mean, the word on the street, chat in the pits, was that England was over and it wasn't worth going there. And in truth, Jason Doyle and then Emil Saifutinov this year, who's been terrific, Dan Bewley going great. All of a sudden, it's it's gone it's gone one eighty on that. And I sense that one or two guys are really and like Wuffenden coming back to the league at the end of last year was hugely influential in that very very much so 
it's starting to shape up, Kelv, like to be an exciting year ahead, 2024, in terms of the level of talent that's already being announced and some more being rumoured as well. Ty Wolfend and Jack Holder, Chris Holder, already signed for Sheffield. Ipswich have announced Jason Doyle, uh, Adam Ellis and Keenan Rue at the time of recording this. They're going to announce their whole team this week. Emil Saifutinov, I'm not ruling him out of that. Um, Bellevue, you can't imagine a world where Dan Bewley's not going to be turning out there. Uh, and other riders being rumoured as well, such as um, you know Magic Yanovsky potentially turning up somewhere. And other Grand Prix riders are being talked about as well. And it, it potentially could be the strongest lineup, I think, what, for a decade or more here? Yeah, it could easily be. I, I, I do remember when Wolverhampton won the league in 2016, they had Wolfenden and Lindgren and Peter Carlson in the team, um, which was a very strong. But that was a rarity. Um, but you're right, Ian, it's been some time since we've had this level of rider coming back to the UK and filling the teams. As I say, I'm not privy to knowing who exactly is going to come back whether Robert Lambert will sign. Matt Sajanowski, somebody that looks like he might well be on his way. Obviously, he's not a Grand Prix rider, but he's a huge name. Um, but um, as I say, um, it will be British Speedway's gain and Grand Prix's loss, in my opinion. But um, there's no doubt, talking to one or two promoters last year, there's no question that those big names, they, they, they put people in the stadium. And, uh, I, you know... It's it's fairly straightforward. If you can find the funds, these guys don't come cheap. But the bottom line is, is that clearly if you can afford to have them financially, it works. Because it's not only when they're riding at home. You know, when Jason Doyle and Saifutinov are turning up at Bellevue or Sheffield or Wolverhampton or Kings Lynn, they're putting people that people want to go and see them race. And um, some, of heat, some of the Heat 13s in 24 could be pretty tasty. Pretty tasty indeed. It wouldn't surprise me if we could have four Grand Prix riders on the line in a Heat 13 in British Speedway again, which will be fantastic. And there will be people that will turn heads, not just from the point of view of spectators coming in. It will turn heads in other leagues. It will give us tremendous credibility. So I sincerely hope it comes uh, comes uh, comes to bear. It'd be great. Really good. Kings Lynn have had, well disappointing seasons the last couple of years shall we say they started off with the best of intentions and it sort of fell apart one way or another but this year they're starting with Rob Lyon making the move back to Kings Lynn from Peterborough and he seems to be getting the old band back together Benjamin Basso making the move from Peterborough to Kings Lynn Niels Christian Everson doing that as well Anders Rowe remains at the time of recording this with a few more names rumoured and some of those names rumoured are also uh, those that have got uh, experience of uh, the Peterborough showground, shall we say. So um, could be quite a bit of familiarity there, uh, for, certainly for Rob Lyon, if not for the uh, not for the Peterborough fans, uh, seeing them uh, racing in their, their arch-rivals, Colours of Kings Lynn. Yeah, well, you know, that team that Peterborough finished with was almost, uh, it could easily have won the championship <laughs> um, because it was a really attractive team right at the death there, you know. Tadasenko coming in. I'm trying to think of that other Polish rider. Had a very peculiar name. Um, Patrick. Was it Patrick Wodolo? Yeah, Patrick Wodolo. Wodolo. I could never get it right. I, I think I I commentated on him, and I think I called his name about five or six different ways throughout the evening. It was quite <laughs> embarrassing. But he turned up, and he was a star, you know. And he did a brilliant job. And as I say, if he could drag one or two or, or half that team across the King's Lynn. 
maybe I, I, I'm not, again, I don't know what uh, the situation is with Robert Lambert, but he has been, obviously been a Kings Lynn star in the past and re-signed actually briefly this year. So um, he would be a great man to lead the team, of course. But um, Niels Christian Everson in there as well for experience. Hey, I'm sure I, 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 get, I get Rob Lyon is, 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 is a savvy customer. He's been around the Speedway a long time. Um, he won the league with Peterborough in 2021. And Kings Lynn have had some tough times in recent uh, history. He isn't taking that club over just to make the numbers up. He will want a team that can challenge, certainly for top four. Sheffield were the first team to name their full one to seven, actually, over the course of a couple of days straight after the AGM. And they're looking strong, aren't they? Ty Wolfenden, Jack Holder, Chris Holder, Kyle Howarth, Josh Pickering, Jason Edwards and Dan Jilks. Uh, so quite a lot of familiarity there as well, certainly with the, the team that ended last season. Uh, the best of Britain and Australia, you have to say. Yes, uh, a terrific looking team. And uh, Chris Holder was uh, very good, actually, coming back to British Speedway. Chris Holder's had a tough time with injury, particularly in the last two years. He did an outstanding job. Ty Wolfenden clearly loved being back in Britain, really had a big smile on his face. And that actually reflected albeit briefly, in the, his World Championship performances. He got to the final in Riga, was going well in Cardiff, and then unfortunately got hurt. But there's no doubt that having had one or two conversations with him, he was really enjoying it. There was He felt more relaxed. And I think that was why he was more than happy to re-sign for Sheffield in 2024, for 2024. Jack Holder, of course, missed the back end of the season, but Holder had a fantastic season. I mean, Jack Holder arguably is the one man that you could could say is going to push Sparta Schmarzlik to 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 try and beat him for the world championship you know he he's a man on the up and is growing in confidence and stature throughout so uh, Josh Pickering you'd want him in your team like Carl Howarth those two guys they never know when they're beat do they they just keep trying and Edwards and Gilks are riders that are improving all the time so fair play to uh, the Bates they have moved quickly and um, the champions, uh, it's a statement, isn't it? They've thrown the gauntlet down, Ian, to the other six teams. Certainly have. And at the start of this season, we were talking about Bellevue. You know, they'd won the title. Can they retain it? And you were saying about, well, maybe they're a bit weaker this uh, in 2023 than they were in 22. And I think for Sheffield, well, they're, they're certainly holding it and <laughs> maybe even stronger. Well, I would I would argue probably stronger. And, and and how bizarre it was at the end of last season that they only actually had one rider that they signed at the beginning of the season that won the championship. I mean, only Carl Howells was the only one that survived the injury and the and the roller coaster of 23. It was quite a remarkable scenario in the truth. But um, yeah, look, you know, I think that uh, they, they've moved quickly and swiftly. I'm sure that other teams will be ambitious. I think, as I say, they set the standard. They won their first championship ever at the highest level. And it was a truly remarkable night in uh, in Allerton where they overturned the 18-point deficit. Clearly, I think if it hadn't been raining, I sense that um, Ipswich may just have done it. But all credit to uh, Sheffield. They had uh, great resolve and fully deserved it over the two legs in the end. But um, no, let's let's uh, wait with bated breath for these other six teams to to uh, announce their sides. But as we've been discussing, I think we're going to be in for some big names coming into British Speedway, not just in one or two teams. I think it could be spread right across the seven. 
Yeah, it, it is going to be interesting. There are going to be some good signings coming up and I'm sure we'll find, for the most part, I think we'll probably find them out uh, sooner rather than later. Some of the other rules coming in then off the back of the AGM, a limit to who you can guest for in the closing stages of cup competitions and in the playoffs. Bad news for Chris Harris. He's going to have to nail his colours to the mast. He can only guest for one club now moving forward when you get to this uh, this part of the season. So uh, that's certainly going to have affect him in that way. Yeah, he's going to be absolutely gutted at the AGM's announcements, isn't he? He's going to be, he's going to be oh, crikey. You know, that was, that was my Christmas bonus that's been taken away from me. Um, oh, bless him. I mean, what a, what a rider, what a guy. You know, he... Um, He's been around for a long time now and his enthusiasm remains. He did, uh, you know, he got kicked into touch uh, out of Leicester, which was staggering to me at the time. And then he just proved all the doubters wrong by doing a great job for Peterborough firstly. Superb effort with Glasgow, of course. And then whoever he wrote for, I remember coming in, you would have watched it, I'm sure. We were there. When he came in for Jason Doyle at Ipswich, at that stage of the season, I mean, that's a that's a big booking to take. It's a huge responsibility to be taking on. And he did an outstanding job and just shows you his commitment. So, no, he um, he won't be able to do quite the same effect next season. But nonetheless, I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be uh, he'll be hitting the headlines at, at times. And of course, he did all that grass track and long track. He, he, he got so close to being world long track champion as well. He went right down to the last round in Muldorf in Bavaria, where Martin Smolinski just pipped him to the post. So I think that gets overlooked a bit. He actually did very well there. And it's something that's, I think, right now at, at his sort of veteran stage of his career, I think he's taking much more seriously. And I think he would dearly love to win that title. And this must have echoes to to your career and, and sort of ring familiar because you did a similar thing back end of your career. You you took up the the long track and you were three time world champion at that. And I know that obviously he's he's advancing years in his career, but it's not for the faint hearted, is it? Long track. You are going fast around there. It's 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 proper. Not for the faint-hearted. No, absolutely not. And, you know, on the 1,000-metre stuff, you're pressing on. It's very fast and it's it's thrilling. It's exciting stuff. But, yeah, <laughs> if it goes wrong, it goes wrong in a big way. So, um, But uh, Bomber doesn't lack for courage. And that's uh, I'm clearly he he's revelling in that. And I, I'm sure he'll be putting up a strong performance again next year. But, um, no, they've obviously tweaked that. And, I, I, and to be honest, I, I'm not really surprised they tweaked that. You know, because it does look rather odd, particularly when it's televised throughout and you've got one rider riding for, you know, helping them through to the finals and then he's riding against them in the final. I mean, that did look rather bizarre, actually. <laughs> it, it didn't look... It's very difficult. To, it's, it's impossible to explain, isn't it, for the, for the casual viewer? It really is. Yeah, and um, a few other changes as well. Common sense ones, you might say. You can now have a guest in the whole of the top five. So before it was the top three. So bad news for rider replacement there. So you're going to see that a little less, I predict, in 2024. Um, Any rider can now go in heat 15 as well. So uh, you don't have to be necessarily the top scorer and and it's open to reserves now. So anybody can go in heat 15. And another big change, actually, will be for the referee because we're getting that system that they've had in the Grand Prix and in Poland for quite a while now. The randomised electronic starts. The referee hits the green button. uh, Green light comes on. uh, And then the tapes are released 
um, randomly by by a computer system. Um, so that's they reckon going to cut down on the amount of uh, unsatisfactory starts. Yes, I think it will be. I think we may see some guys struggling with it a little bit because some of the pauses on the start line are significantly longer than what they would have been uh, accustomed to with um, in the past. Um, generally, the tapes go within two seconds, but there is no doubt that sometimes, the, even when I've been commentating at Grand Prix, it seems like it's a long pause. And I can assure you, when you're on the, t- on the start line on the bike, it seems like an eternity. And that's when you've got to be really disciplined. So it may be just uh, a week or two for the guys to get used to that. As I say, that will be a fundamental change. But it does take the, I suppose it takes away the anticipation aspect. They're trying to, um, you know, get rid of that in its entirety. Um, You just can't do that anymore. So, um, yeah, I, I can see Phil Morris's influence there. Um, and I don't think it's a bad one. I don't think it's a bad one um, to tighten that all up. I think what we've discussed about, you know, riders being able to be replaced in the one to five, I think that, that simplifies things, to be honest, Dan, doesn't it? And to be honest, we do need to be simplifying the sport. We we can very easily overcomplicate um, what is uh, essentially quite, from the outside looking in, should be quite a simple sport. Four riders, four laps, and they turn left. Um, we can make it very complicated at times. Yeah, and I think the idea is to simplify things, but also bring it in line with the rest of Europe as well, so that uh, you watch a speedway meeting and, and it's the same rules wherever you go, which uh, also makes sense as well. The other overall um, theme from the AGM is that of youth development. Um, all clubs in the top two leagues now are going to have to do some form of development. That The, the, the bones are there. The, the meat is still being put on these in exactly how it's going to work and which team's going to do what. But for a lot of the premiership sides, that's going to involve some some second half racing or a, a tournament. And I think they're looking at doing like a junior basically like a, a development Grand Prix almost where the, where the guys are going to go around different tracks and, and race against each other is, is one of the other ideas as well. So um, important to get the, the next generation of, of talent through and give them that experience on, on the you know, real race tracks in, in front of a crowd. No, and, and that's, a, that's a big plus. And of course, we, you know, and, and, and the potential for that is big. And let's hope that, that, that we can get people being able to, to, to ride a bit more often. Obviously, the GP4 that Tony Ricardson introduced, uh, I don't know how successful that's going to be, but there's no question the bike is cool. It's a really nice bike, and, and that is, but it's, it is noisy. There's no question about that. It is noisy. So it's a proper little four-stroke uh, roaring away there. Uh, um, so there is a big emphasis from the international perspective and domestically now to encourage kids to get involved in the sport. So um, I hope that is a success because we need they need they need a pathway into the sport because in this country we've never really had one. We we've had riders uh, by good fortune, you know, that have had a ride here and a little ride there, and oh matey gives him a chance, and oh he's got a bit of talent, and off you go. It's all been a bit hit and miss that. So hopefully this is a bit more, uh, well, the more numbers you have, then the more opportunity you are going to find a decent rider or multiple riders. Yeah, that's the aim. And there are clubs working hard to to help bring those through and, and do more work in the community. Uh, Scunthorpe, obviously, have done done a lot in that regard. Um 
red car often do lots of um, youth sessions and, and so on um, I think the same happens as well at Leicester um, and Glasgow now are building over the course of this winter a, a training track as well which is, is going to provide more opportunities so there's, there's lots of work going on and that's not an exhaustive list and if I haven't missed, listed every single club then uh, I apologise but I know that there's a lot of work goes on Edinburgh are doing that too um, lots of work going on across the country to to get people in Workington of course who are back in the championship which is great to see all working to to find the next generation of, of Speedway talent Kelv let's talk about the Grand Prix series because uh, since we did the last episode we now know where the Grand Prix series is, is going to be heading maybe one or two surprises in there in that we're not heading to anywhere totally new like uh, Australia or America as you were predicting before but uh, you are going to Germany on the Grand Prix circuit and uh, it's not going to be Tetro, though. You're going to be going to Landshut. Yeah, Tetro was uh, under threat the last couple of years. The, the track hasn't lived up to what uh, Grand Prix standard is all about. It's a shame because Tetro, they're, they're lovely people there. And they, 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 did, they did remarkably well to get Grand Prix Speedway there, in truth. But um, Landshut has run international events. It's a more established Speedway venue, I would suggest doesn't hold that many people whether they will do something about that but um we've had world qualifiers there we've had grand prix there way back i believe so yeah that's back on the calendar four grand prix in poland not sure i'm completely comfortable with that over quarter of the series in one country um i think it's an indication of how powerful they are great venues don't get me wrong fantastic places to go um disappointed that we're not going to australia particularly because there was some suggestion at the back end of the year that that was on the cards for 24 but uh, obviously things aren't right for that yet but um yeah 11 rounds um who can beat bartosz schmarslik who can beat him well, indeed, the million-dollar question. Maybe someone can get a little closer to him this time round. Um, one thing that Poland do tend to struggle with historically is the Speedway of Nations. They've never won it, and it's coming back to Manchester National Speedway Stadium in the summer for what's going to be a, a huge week of Speedway with, with all eyes on the Speedway world on Manchester. Yeah, it, it's fantastic that, that we've got World Championship Speedway back at Bellevue. It warrants it. It's the best track in Europe now. Um, it's just such a shame we can't... It, it, it's got great facility, but it doesn't hold that many people. I'm sure it'll be heaving for the Speedway of Nations. We won it there last time. Um, as I say, it's a brilliant, it's a major city. Uh, I think it's a great, great venue for the Speedway of Nations. And I, I think we're going to have a, a fabulous week. And if the weather behaves itself, I'm sure it'll be a real festival of Speedway there that week. Um, and... I implore anybody, I think, just the quality of racing there. I think the Speedway, the Speedway World Cup, it was good, and I, I didn't dislike it, but the Speedway of Nations actually does give lesser nations a better chance. It does give France and, and Finland and Czech Republic a chance because with five-man teams, they haven't. They just can't do it. And I think that um, it would be, it just gives it a bit more unpredictability about it. And, you know, Poland just, just did it by the skin of their teeth this year. They've got nowhere near winning it in the Speedway of Nations. They've never won it. So 
Um, uh, as I say, it, it isn't a dead cert, that one. And America as well look like they're, they're on the up, aren't they? They've got the American Championships coming up very soon. Uh, they've also got some decent riders now, which they've sort of struggled with on the world stage with Luke Becker, who's didn't get into the Grand Prix, but he's one of the reserves uh, improving year on year. Uh, Brock Nickel, of course, on his day can do a job. Um, they've all had the likes of Wilbur Hancock, of course, who's starting to come through now as well. So um, do you think that they might have a better chance? Well, you never know. And as I say, they have a rich history in World Championship. But Greg Hancock now clearly making a huge effort to generate interest back in America. Uh, he wants a Grand Prix in America. He wants a representative in the Grand Prix itself. Luke Becker had a lot of PR at the back end of this season. Um, I don't think it will be too long I, I just hope that he can warrant the place and that he can then if he gets in that he can do himself justice because he it feels like there would be almost like the weight of a nation on him um if uh, because of what they're trying to achieve because there's no doubt there is um a, a lot of talk about trying to get grand prix into uh, uh, america but um Greg, Greg's, you know, Greg, Greg's doing a great job. He's he's promoting the sport as best he can, and let's hope that that drums up the interest that's necessary. But right now, they are starved of world class riders. There's no question about. It. There's a there's a big shortfall, and uh, it's a big responsibility to try and generate that interest once again. There, you never know. Eddie Castro, it's not too late for him. He's still going. You know, Eddie Castro. I saw him last in the, the <laughs> USA versus the rest of the world with his his tassels, his stars, <laughs> star spangled leathers, and um, he actually came out and won a race as well against um, you know some some might say more contemporary talent. <laughs> Fantastic, proper retro look. You know that 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 sort of classic, classy retro American look. You know, with the cool leathers, the Bates leathers, and all the traditional cool logos on. And fair play to him. But uh, as I say, you know, they—it's such a shame with America. And on a serious note, you know, they when I came into the sport, they were all powerful. They had so many wonderful riders. And of course, that you know, Greg rode forever. Um, but unfortunately, after him, there hasn't been anybody. So. As I say, let's hope in the next five years that they can produce somebody that can begin to really um, uh, make their mark. But um, I'll tell you what, Las Vegas, Grand Prix in Las Vegas here. And you fancy that, mate? A bit of a pop out there for a, a bit of a week. Hmm. We all right, wouldn't it? I reckon I could make that work, Kelv. I reckon I could make that work. Let's do it. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But, um, you know, but they, they really are, you know, putting an emphasis on motorsport there in Vegas now, aren't they? With obviously they've been doing some NASCAR stuff, but also, of course, Formula One has been there now and, and they're doing their thing there on that front now for the next 10 years. So that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And, and there are stadia there. It's not too far from Los Angeles. Uh, where which was the heartland of Speedway for America. So, yes, it would be the obvious place to go. And, of course, the Las Vegas, you put that on your calendar. I mean, crikey, people would make a, a, an extra effort to go, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, let, let, let's, let's hope that is the case in the next year or so. 2025, let's hope that America and Australia are on the calendar. And I think that would really... Because effectively, at the moment, we have a European Championship. We're not going outside Europe. And I'm sure the FIM are keen for the rights holders to 
to actually secure a venue outside Europe. So it can't be too far away. Well, here's hoping. And, and to do something like that in Vegas, it would bring a you know, a, a different level of interest in the United States to the sport as well. And it'd be fantastic to see um, on a personal level, you know, <laughs> sending uh, the likes of you or I to, to Vegas. Well, I mean, what could possibly go wrong, Kelv? I mean, it'd be like a, you know, a scene from the Hangover movie, potentially. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I can't. I've been there a couple of times. It's been fantastic. I was very fortunate to go there for an FIM presentation when I was world champion. It was a fabulous weekend. And then we were actually able to pop back in there when we were coming back from Australia and we went there as well and we drove from LA across and it was a, another brilliant... I, I can't spend too much time there. It gets a bit sort of too much, but it is quite an extraordinary place to visit. And I think to go there to work on a motor, on, on a sport, or if you were going there to work on a Speedway Grand Prix, it would be very exciting indeed. So let's hope that Mr Greg Hancock and the FIM and the Discovery can pull that one off because I think it would be pretty special. Yeah, it would be fantastic to see that and uh, there'd be no shortage of people wanting to attend it, I'm sure. Um, all right, Kelv, we'll look forward to We'll talk more about the Grand Prix and, and that as we get closer because there's still a long way to go yet. Um, but uh, I think that pretty much rounds it up. I mean, just one other thing to mention, actually, that we haven't really touched on. Um, Workington, back in the the championship, back in a professional league uh, after their comeback year in the National League this year in 2023 into 2024, moving back to the level that they were at when they won everything and then were forced to close down. So uh, great work there from from all involved and um, uh, fantastic to see that that track back up and running and, and speedway in that part of the world back in uh, in on the professional level again. Yeah, and I like this story. Uh, you know, a lot of people talking, raving about the new track up there and it, uh, it's been a real success story and, you know, for them to have re-established the, the track and to got it going so quickly after the demise of the old one um, is great. And as I say, it's, it's had a lot of thought gone into it. Um, Steve Lawson, obviously, who knows the sport inside out, is a real Speedway thoroughbred man. He's, he's, he's been able to design a track that's clearly a great fun to race on. I'm sure riders will love going there. So um, fair play to them to get that back on, uh, on the map. One year in the National League and then boom, straight into the championship. Um, and as I say, maybe the glory years of when Stoney was up there are, are about to return. So let's hope so for them. Yeah, it is a terrific venue and really, I would say, a blueprint for, for how it can be done in the future when we're talking about clubs getting their own tracks, getting their own land and how to build one. And, and, and yeah, it is, it is you know, brilliant. I love, uh, love the, the circuit there at, um, at Workington, the new one. Fantastic job done by Andrew Bain and, and Steve Lawson and, and, uh, and everyone else involved as well. I'll tell you what, though, if you've had a few jars in, in the Waverley the night before... Uh, it certainly blows the cobwebs away right on the sea there. Yeah, I've been up there once or twice actually, and uh, yeah, it can be <laughs> it can be pretty brutal <laughs> that wind coming off the sea. But uh, um, no doubt, no doubt that um, uh, they are hardy folk up there, and I'm sure they'll enjoy the racing that they're going to witness in 24. Yeah, there's going to be some big, big meetings at Workington, I think, in 2024. Some great races as well to watch, no doubt. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, so, Kelv, your, your final thoughts, and I think we'll round it up there. I think we've covered most stuff, but I'm sensing that you're, you're pretty, 
you're pretty pleased with how things have turned out from the AGM and uh, your enthusiasm is, is 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 there and and certainly seeing how the teams are shaping up and the riders that are, are rumoured to be coming uh, here for 2024 all seems pretty positive and, and exciting. It is because it's primarily, obviously, I work on the Premiership. You work on the Championship and the Premiership. But for me, it's just really good news that the mediocrity seems to be thrown away um, because we are now beginning to see, and the evidence of last year with genuine world-class riders coming back to Britain is a good thing, and that should excite us all. And I've been around a while, and I think that when you see genuine top-class riders, Emil Saifutinov, even when he was half a lap in front, took your breath away, and people were coming to see that, and he was extraordinary, and I'm sure we are going to witness quite a lot of that in 24. So that in itself is, is worth looking forward to. The Kelvin Tatum seal of approval for 2024. Well, we'll catch up again when we know more about the teams and everything's uh, announced. And don't forget to check out our previous episodes. Uh, we've got some good guests in there from earlier in the season as well. And uh, they're available in the all the usual places that you'll find a podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now available on YouTube as well. Every episode available on the YouTube channel. And we'll put some video clips up on there as well from time to time as well. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And we'll speak to you on the next one of Tatum Talks. Tatum Talks.